Lord, he's going for the slam! Seth Nelson is stealing the slam! And Yackley swings and drives one to right center field. Back to the track, to the wall, and it's gone! Each Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to 12.30, our host Paul McDonald breaks down the latest in North Dakota sports. We send it live to the host of Super Sports Saturday. Here's Paul McDonald. And good afternoon or good morning. I'm so used to saying, uh, hey, good afternoon. Good morning. Another edition of Super Sports Saturday on this bright and sunny Saturday morning. Early today on Super Sports Saturday because we've got Viking football coming up here at 11 o'clock. Matter of fact, we've got lots of sports going on for you today. Following Super Sports Saturday, of course, we'll have hook beats coming up at 10 o'clock. Viking pregame at 11 as the Vikings take on the Arizona Cardinals in preseason game number three. And that's always a fun preseason game because you get to see the starters a little bit more than just a series or two. They usually play an entire half and sometimes maybe even into the third quarter. And so we'll have that coming up at 11 o'clock. And then Twins baseball a little bit later on today as the Twins take on the Detroit Tigers game two of the three-game series. Jose Barrios has been struggling as of late. And last night he got rocked again. Gave up ten hits, five runs, and five in the third innings as the Tigers defeated the Twins last night nine to six. Yes, this is the Detroit Tiger team that has the worst record in baseball. And they uh, defeated the Twins last night nine to six at Target Field. And uh, the Twins and Tigers will go out again tonight. Five thirty with the pregame and the first pitch coming up at six ten. Tonight, And I want to thank, uh, before we get to, too far into the show, I want to thank Steve Linsmeyer for hosting last week and a little time off, kind of that refreshing uh, vacation right before the fall sports season kicks off. And, of course, at our football preview show last week, great show previewing a lot of the teams in the area. And some of those teams got started last night. And we're going to tell you about it. And we're going to get into Super Sports Saturday, high school football, coming up, as we'll have that right after this. The biggest adventures start with the biggest dreams, and you can make them come true with the 2019 Honda Pioneer 1000. It's a Sports A 999cc engine, a six-speed automatic dual-clutch transmission, and an impressive 2,000-pound towing capacity, which means you can do it all, hunting, fishing, trail riding, and more. Just head to Gun & Real Sports on 1st Street West Jamestown and check out the Honda Pioneer 1000 today. For your safety, read the owner's manual, wear a helmet and eye protection, always wear your seatbelts and keep the side nets and doors closed. Pioneers are a driver 16 years and older. Count on your independently locally owned HealthMart Pharmacy to play a key role in keeping you and your pets healthy all year long. HealthMart Pharmacists are a trusted health care resource. Carrington Drug is now offering two-dose pet medications for calming, agility, joint care, skin and coat. Medications are to boost your pet's immune systems. Check out two-dose. For all the details, stop in and talk to your HealthMart Pharmacist. Remember, HealthMart Pharmacists have a personal commitment to their community. Carrington Drug, 415 Main Street. Or call 652-2521. HealthMart, caring for you and about you. When I wake up, well I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who comes to you. Paul McDonald back with you here on Super Sports Saturday, and uh, we are going to get things rolling here, starting off, of course, high school football, as uh, some games got started last night. We're going to start off in Region 1, Class A, last evening, and the Carrington Cardinals hosted Ellendale Edgley Cullum in the opening game of the season for both teams. 
And the Thunder went on to uh, score the first three touchdowns of the game and never looked back as they defeated the Cardinals last night by a final of 28-6. to Not quite three minutes into the game, senior quarterback Cale Mattern connected with Jorgen Paulson for a 30-yard touchdown reception. Dividell and Dale actually call him up early, 6 to nothing. Three minutes later, senior Cody Slavonsky grabbed the Cardinal fumble and ran into the end zone to make it a touchdown. The two-point conversion was good, making it 14-0. Then Madden would score the third touchdown of the game for EEK. With about four minutes left in the first quarter, on a quarterback keeper and a one-yard plunge. O'Carrington scored their only touchdown in the contest with about nine minutes left to play in the second quarter when senior quarterback Seth Nelson ran an option play on the fourth down into the end zone for a 13-yard touchdown, making it 20-6. to And Savonski would score his second TD to the game late in the second quarter on a five-yard run, and the Cardinals committed three turnovers in the first quarter and were held to just a little over 100 yards of total offense in the first half. After the game, Greg Grenz, who had the call last night on KDK, had a chance to talk with Coach Kyle Smith. And right now we're glad to be joined by head coach Kyle Smith of the Carrington Cardinals. Coach, thanks for uh, joining us here in our postgame report. Let's talk a little bit about this one. Uh, Thunder just started right from the get-go there, scored three unanswered touchdowns and just uh, couldn't get back in the game after that, right? No, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember, Greg, when we when we talked a week and a half ago on the radio and, and I, I said I kind of expect us to, to come out and make a lot of mistakes because we're young, you know, we're stating, starting eight or nine different guys on each side of the ball and, and uh, you know, the only thing that can take care of that is experience. And the kids got a lot of experience tonight. They learned why the little things are important. They learned why we work on certain things in practice. And, uh, yeah, we shot ourselves in the leg over and over again. You can't turn the ball over three times in the first five minutes of the game and expect uh, a good outcome. And uh, But, you know, the nice thing is we saw some positive things too, um, a lot of fixable things. And um, I expect this team to... to to get better as the season goes. Um, like I said, a lot of young kids, it's going to take us a few weeks to get on track, And and but uh, I was optimistic in the fact that the kids continued to push, continued to uh, show a great effort, and uh, uh, we just need to shore some things up, limit the penalties, take care of the ball, and you know, if we do those two things, it's a whole different ball game. Uh, let's talk about some of those highlights. I think on defense, uh, um, Colton Busness, Bo Retzloff had some nice nice tackles, a nice game on defense for the Cardinals. Yeah, and both both guys that had a lot of experience last year, they're used to that varsity speed, and, and uh, they both had a great game. You know, uh, Colton's a th- three- or four-year starter on defense, and he's got a motor that just never quits, and, and, uh, and Bo um, played very well at his defensive end position, I thought. Um, so a couple older guys leading the way there, and, and you know, and, and I think as the season goes, you're going to see more and more of that of the younger kids too. Yeah, like you said, uh, three turnovers there in, in the first quarter, and and just some costly ones. Uh, Nelson threw a pitch, and nobody there, and uh, yeah, I suppose it's just you know the first game jitters, getting that all out of the way, and, and good thing it's a, it's a non-region game too, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and we didn't have a scrimmage this year either with the shortened season, so that hurts. You know, it, it's always uh, especially with a young team, you get that deer in the headlights look when the first live action comes and, and guys are going full speed and hitting you and, and uh but yeah we made a lot of mistakes guys going the wrong way um uh plays coming in the huddle wrong and and uh, again fixable things but but things that uh unfortunately we have to expect this early in the season with a young team uh lucas hendrickson he was getting some action had some sophomores in there 
and uh, some juniors getting some action. So that had to help the Cardinals, you know, get the, the first game jitters out of the way. So yeah, and there was some freshmen that had some action too. You know, we're, we're we have I think we have 13 upperclassmen, and the, and the rest of our squad is freshmen and sophomores. So uh, those kids are, are going to see a lot of action as the year goes. And now with uh, I'm not sure what Chase's status is, but um, you know we're going to have to you know next man up is the mentality we have to have, and when we got to push forward and we got to keep working in practice and and get these young guys repetitions in in JB games and in practice and and hopefully uh, uh, like I said as the season goes we, we look we look a lot better. Yeah, Chase Ellingson got hurt, but we don't know the status on him quite yet. No, I, I heard it was his shoulder, but I, I haven't heard a word about it. Um, okay. Um, but that would be a big loss, Chase. You know, you could tell our offense was a whole different. Uh, story without him out there, he he's kind of our our uh, guy who can play tailback. He can go out and play in the slot, and and he does a lot of the motion things for us. And if you're not used to that, uh, you know, and we had uh, kids coming in and, and and going the wrong direction and going in motion when they weren't, and so um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, but but uh, like I said, you just have to have to have, to have that mentality, like next man up, and and um, uh, these get these young kids some repetitions. Raw Locker uh, coming in from North Carolina, playing first year for the Carrington Cardinals. Got a little hurt there, but he came back in, so that was good to see too. So yeah, Raw. I think Raw uh, is going to be a good football player for us. He he played fresh, or excuse me, he played football as a freshman, and I think as a sophomore, but he didn't play last year. Um, so he's a little bit green too. You can tell he's got some skills, but he's a little raw. Uh, uh, on the edges, and we need, we need to refine some things he does. Um, but he is—he's uh, probably one of our fastest kids, and and I think as Raw gets comfortable in our system, you're going to see a lot of good things out of Raw as the season goes. Okay, let's talk about next Friday night back at home here against Minot Ryan. I think Ryan won earlier. They beat Dickinson Trinity. I think yeah, I think I've seen that final. So what do we got to do to the Lions next Friday night? Yeah, and I think I looked at the first poll. I think they were rated third in the preseason poll, and. Um, I don't know too much about them, but I know Dickinson Trinity usually has a, a very good uh, team too, competitive team. Both those teams probably down in numbers, but but they have a lot of quality. And and I expect uh, uh, a team similar to Edgley next week, a team that's going to come out and take it to you. And and uh, we need to match that intensity. Okay, thanks, uh, Coach Smith, for joining us on our post game report. And uh, we'll see you next Friday night. Good luck next Friday. All right, thanks a lot, Greg. Yep, you bet. No problem. That is Greg Grins with Coach Kyle Smith from the Carrington Cardinals last night after their 28-6 loss to, Ed, loss to Edgley Cullum on uh, Ellendale Edgley Cullum in the season opener for both teams last night. Elsewhere in Region 1 last night, Hatton Northwood. They were winners over Park River area 48 to six last time, and Northern Cass they had a tough one to start off the year. The defending state champ and number one ranked Langdon area Edmore Munich thirty nine to eight was the final score of that one. As the Langdon uh, Edmore Munich, the defending state champs, they were winners last night by that final of thirty nine to eight over Northern Cass, and also in uh, Region One last night, Grafton defeated Oak Grove by a final of sixteen to six. And going into Region 2 from last night, Harvey Wells County, they played Shiloh Christian out of Bismarck and lost to the Skyhawks by a final of 34-6. to Rugby, they were 32-8 winners over Nidros High School. And Vontno lost to the Lax Burlington by a final of 38 
2-6. And as you heard them talking about here, his uh, next week's opponent for the Cardinals will be Minot Bishop Ryan. And the Lions did defeat Dickinson Trinity by a final of 30-12 to in Region 3 action last night. Also, Southern McLean defeating South Ferry 34-6 in Region 3. And in Region 4, one game going on later today in Region 4, Oaks. They will open up the season on the road at Bowman County. Of course, the uh, Tornadoes moving up into 11-man Class A, as uh, did Thompson. And Oaks will take on Bowman County. So you have Oaks, the preseason number two team in Class A. Bowman County, preseason number five with Bishop Bryan. And those of that first poll came out here earlier this week. And here's what Class A poll has. Langdon Munich Edmore, ranked number one. Oaks, number two. Thompson is ranked number three. Velva, four. Bishop Bryan and Bowman County tied at number five. Others receiving votes. Teams we already talked about. Dickinson Trinity. Carrington, New Salem, and Shiloh Christian all got votes in that first poll. Well, speaking of uh, Thompson, again, uh, the uh, Thompson uh, Tommies, they were state champs in nine-man last year, and they got bumped up to 11-man, and they are preseason number three. Larry Johnson, out of our uh, affiliate down at KQLX in Lisbon, chalked with the head coach of the Thompson Tommies, Brady Schwab. Well, Coach, uh, season is just about ready to uh, start. Let's uh, talk about camp. How have things gone for you so far? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been a little different camp for us this year, Eric, just because we've got that extra week. We opted not to play the, the nine-game schedule this year, so uh, we've been able to slow things down a little bit in terms of installation and, and getting guys in you know, new positions and those types of things. And we've been happy with, uh, you know, the amount of kids that – or the, the amount of effort the kids have been given and, and – uh, you know, we're going to do a little bit of hitting tonight because it is a Friday night and see where we're at, you know, at, at full game speed. But overall, it's been good. We're we're itching to that point where we need to see somebody in a different jersey. But, uh, you know, at the same time, we've had an opportunity to, to slow things down a little. Well, I do want to remember and uh, just have a few minutes to talk about uh, the championship season from last year's state champs in nine-man 2018. Overall record 12-0 and and uh, section record of 6-0. and Any just final thoughts from last year? Uh, you know, we have a lot of kids that played a lot of football for us that graduated last year, and, and that's one thing we talked to our kids about was, you know, we don't expect you to be anybody that you're not. We expect you to be the, the kids that you are this year's class of seniors and this year's class of juniors. And, you know, the, the memories we made last year were phenomenal, and, and they definitely don't go, you know, don't go unnoticed, and we don't want to forget about them. But at the same token, we don't want to shortchange this season you know, moving forward into this season and the opportunity that these kids are going to get. Well, not only did you graduate a fair uh, chunk of kids, but you're also moving up. You're going from 9-man to 11-man. How has that transition gone so far, at least in practice? Well, it's good. You know, the biggest thing for us is having to find a couple of those kids on the offensive line. Uh, I think if you talk to most coaches, they'll tell you that the transition from 9 to 11 is easier than 11 to 9 just because of the eligibility rules with numbers and, and counting players and those types of things. But uh, we knew this move was coming, Eric, a few years ago, so we started implementing some things into our system that would make the transition a little bit easier. That doesn't mean that it hasn't gone you know, off without a hitch. We've definitely had some some uh, glitches in the system, so to speak, but we're working through those just like everybody else. And 
trying to find out what's going to work best for us with this crew of, of 35 guys that we've got. Well, talk about uh, Region 1A because that is a very tough conference and being kind of a new kid again on the block. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I think that region overall or the region this year is, is a little bit different. We're coming in, Oaks is coming in, Hatton Northwood's coming in, and then you have some of the you know teams that have been there for a while, uh, you know, that, that have, have established programs and and teams that are, are very good. You know, we, we know going into this region, this is a region where teams are going to hit you in the mouth. And, and you know, they're going to play old-school football with a mix of modern things. And, uh, you know, I look for every Friday to be a competitive, uh, you know, competitive event. And regardless of where teams are at this year, uh, you know, coming in as the new guy and, and haven't had success in the past, that you're going to have a little bit a little bit of a target on your, on your back and, and – our kids know that, but on the same token, um, you know, I think anytime you make that move up to 11-man, you know it's going to be a little bit different style of game, and, and it's going to be a little bit more of a grudge match on Friday night as opposed to a finesse game. Do you have a lot of open position battles right now, or as you're getting into the second week here, are things kind of solidifying? Things are kind of getting to the point where they're solidified, you know, barring injuries and those types of things. I think our biggest concern right now is trying to find guys at the next, you know, at that next level, the, our twos and our backup kids, and um, <clears throat> not just trying to find those kids, Eric, but also trying to get them up to speed so that if we do have somebody go down, they know what they're doing. They're just not a name on a depth chart, but they actually know what, you know, what, what they need to do on certain things or certain plays. And, um, you know, our ones, I think, where we have established at this point, again, injuries aside, uh, and, and then, you know, getting those twos caught up to speed and, and obviously our young guys learning what we're trying to accomplish is, is always a ta- task for every coach. But I think we're getting there. Um, like I said, we've got some live tonight uh, during practice, and hopefully we can get out of there unscathed and, and get into Park River week next week. Talk about uh, key players for you offensively. Maybe just give us a few names. Yeah, we came off last year on the state championship game. Uh, Clay Odenbach came in for us. Uh, when Caden Schwabe went down with an injury at the quarterback position. So we're, we're going to have him there. He's a nice, nice, uh, you know, uh, player to have there. He comes in at about six, seven, close to 200 pounds. And, and he's more of your, uh, you know, non-typical running quarterback. He can throw it. He's very smart. Uh, he's a kid that we're going to look to run our offense. And he has a good grasp on what we're trying to do. In the backfield, we've got uh, junior Sam Roller, who saw some time for us last year, uh, as a backup running back behind Nick Reck and, and did some real nice things. He was a full-time starter as a sophomore last year on the defensive side. And then Chance Danner will probably be one of our big receiving targets. He's a 6'5", uh, tight end for us that we can flex out. He's got good feet, real, real good hands. And, uh, you know, a kid that we, we would like to feature in our pass game, but at the same time, we know you know teams are going to know about chance, and we're going to have to find some other kids as well that can that can catch the ball. Brady, one more question for you. You open up August thirtieth, Friday night. Looks like a non-conference game: Park River, Fordville, Lincoln. What can you tell us about that matchup? Well, you know we're going to go watching the night. They're playing in another non-region game over in or up in Park River against Hatton Northwood. <clears throat> that gives us the chance to see two teams at at one time, and <clears throat> we know they are in kind of the same boat as us where they graduated a number of kids that played a lot of downs for them. And the Zavalny's uh, quarterback is gone, and, and they've got a nice kid <clears throat> coming in at quarterback, you know, that, 
that uh, has a big-time arm, and, and I don't know what they're going to have up front. That's kind of one of those where it's, it's exciting that first game of the year, but at the same time as a coach, it's a little bit scary when you don't have a lot of film on a team and you know you don't get to see a whole lot of what they're trying to do. So other than that, we know uh, you know they're going to be out trying to set set the course for their season, and we're going to be trying to do the same thing. So I look for a, an exciting Friday night game. Uh, that is it, Coach Brady Schwami from the uh, Thompson Tommies. Again, move up from Nyman to Class A and a preseason number three team. They'll take on uh, Park River Fordville Lincoln, who lost that game last night to Hatton Northwood, forty-eight to sixteen. Now we'll go to the nine man uh, and what went on in nine man football last night, and we'll start off with what our game of the week, our high school football game of the week uh, premiere on the Thunder Country last night, and it was Lamore Litchell Marion taking on Ellen uh, Enderland Maple Valley. And talking about moving things around, the Falcons, they dropped down from 11-man down to 9-man last night. And it was uh, the sophomores and a couple of freshmen that led the Lobos to a 22-20 exciting win over the Falcons in that season opener for both teams. Sophomore quarterback Corbin Potts was 7-14 passing for 78 yards and two touchdowns for the Lobos. Both touchdowns went to freshman tight end Colton Ness. Ness had five catches for 55 yards and those two scores. He also added a 35-yard pass and catch on a fourth down that set up the Lobos' second touchdown. Let's get to the highlights in this one as the Lobos scored first, and they did it just nine seconds into the second quarter. Fourth and three from the 36 for the Lobos in Falcon territory. Pitch here to the wide side. Wendell cuts inside. He's got running room at the 30 to the 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, and touchdown! On a fourth and three, they go wide on the pitch, and Brett Wendell takes it in from 36 yards away. And the Falcons are, uh, the Lobos are on the scoreboard just a few seconds into quarter number two, six to nothing. And it would stay six nothing. The two-point conversion was no good. Well, Enderlin Maple Valley, as uh, they would come right back and take the lead on this Zach Gruba to Carson Hobelson touchdown. Gill, the lone setback. Rub under center from the 22, first and 10 for the Falcons. He's back to pass. Looking, rolling near side. Stop, set, throwing over the middle, wide open, and knocked away in. Caught, touchdown! Oh, it looked like Benji Hyde got a hand on it, but it goes right into the hands of Carson Hobelson, and the Falcons score on a touchdown pass from Zane Gruba. The Carson Hobelson, 22 yards out with 6.43 to go. In the first half, we are tied at 6. And they would get the two-point conversion to make it 8-6 Falcons. Well, then the Lobos would get the lead back on the ensuing drive when Ness and Potts would hook up again for the first time. From the 9-yard line, the Falcons 9. Potts under center on the 4th and four. Rolls to the far side, fires back here to the near side. Ness has it at the 10, gets a block at the 5, he's in for the touchdown. Nice kickoff block near side by Zach Fieldgis. And sneaking inside the block, Ness goes in for the touchdown with a minute 15 to go. And I don't see any laundry on the field, so the touchdown pass of 9 yards. And appropriate that Ness gets the uh, touchdown. He had the big play to get him down here. That made it 12-6, to six, and then the two hooked up for the two-point conversion, and it would be 14-8 Lobos with a mid-15 to go in the second quarter. Well, after a short kick and a nice run back by Hovelson, the Falcons were set up in Lobos' territory with a minute 11 to go in the first half, and they would score on kind of a Hail Mary pass uh, from Gruba to Cargis. 
from the 34. One second could be the final play of the half. Three receivers here to the near side. One to the far side. Ruba back to pass. Ruba far side. Rolling out. Sets up. Throwing deep. Far side. Looking for his man. Ball tipped. Caught. Touchdown. Falcons. Brady Cargis caught the tip. The ball was tipped. And Cargis was there and caught it on the rebound. And we are tied at 14. That is a 34-yard touchdown. The conversion was no good, and we were tied 14-14 heading into the locker room. Well, neither team scored in the third quarter, despite Lamore Lichel-Marion using up eight minutes in the quarter to go on a long 11-play drive, but it stalled at the Falcons' 10. As the Lobos used 11 plays to go 40 yards before giving up the ball on downs. But the Falcons would do uh, nothing on the ensuing drive themselves and had a short 32-yard drive to score the uh, tie-breaking touchdown. And uh, that's what happened in that fourth quarter. It was, again, Ness to come back. And Ness and Potts would hook up for another score, which proved to be the game winner. Third and five from the 16. 7.45, clock ticking here in quarter number four. Game tied 14-14. Hide the lone receiver here to the near side. Again with that eye formation. Potts rolling, looking, dumping it off. Who else? Ness caught inside the five. Ness is going to be in for the touchdown. Colton Ness, the big tight end. 16 yards. And the uh, Lobos take the lead with 7.28 remaining in quarter number four. That would make it a 20-14 to 14 lead, and then they would get the Wendell to run in the two-point conversion, and it was 22-14 with 7-28 remaining. Well, then as uh, time was ticking down, we got late in the ball game, and the Falcons had a chance to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. On a fourth and 15, on their own 15, the Lobos tried a fake punt, but Benji Hyde was stopped well shy of the first down marker, and uh, Enderlin Maple Valley took over at the Lobos' 18. Four plays later, Gruba would hit a wide open. Ty Fountain up for the touchdown. So third and goal for Enderlin Maple Valley from the Lobo five-yard line. 105 remaining here in the fourth quarter. They need a touchdown and a two-point conversion. 22-14. Lobos with the advantage. Two receivers far side now. Gruba looking to throw, stops, fires, throws, caught, touchdown! Zipped it over the middle from his knee, Ty Fountain on the completion for the touchdown. And with exactly one minute left to go in the football game in the fourth quarter, it would be tie, it would be 22 20. Well, all it meant a two point conversion is what is needed to tie the game for the Falcons. But it was the Lobo defense that stepped up. On the two-point conversion, Cardinals in motion. Gruba back to pass. Gruba rolling out, scrambling. Gruba looking, and he's sacked. He is sacked by Lentmeyer. The big defensive play. Lentmeyer comes up with a big sack on the two-point conversion, and it is no good. And so that would be 22-20. Well, then we go to the onside kick. It failed to go 10 yards, and so the Lobos would take over, and Potts would take a couple of uh, knees, and the game would be final 22-20. Brett Wendell led the rushing game for the Lobos, 31 carries for 115 yards. Gruba was 7 of 12 for 97 yards and three touchdowns for the Falcons. He also led the running game with 57 yards on 18 carries. Next up for the Lobos, they'll travel to Colfax to take on the Richland Colts next Friday night. 
Enderlin Maple Valley will be in Buffalo and host Tri-State. And, of course, Tri-State is a makeup of Fairmont, Campbell, Tinta, and Roswell, South Dakota. And that's what happened there. Another game's in nine-man in Region 1. Speaking of Tri-State, they defeated Wymere Lidgewood 48-0 last night. It was Finley Sharon Hope Page over Hankinson 40-26. And Mayport CG over Griggs County Central by final of 50 to 14, and in class uh, or in uh, Region Two, Cavalier over Laramore, 70 to nothing. St. John defeated North Star, 32-14. Dunseith over Nelson County, 30 to eight. North Prairie, 38. North Porter, 16. And number one team in nine-man football in the preseason poll, New Rockford Cheyenne. They defeated Benson County by final of 58 to 16. And again, take a look at that the poll. From nine-man football, the preseason poll, the Rockets are the number one team. Napoleon Gackle Studer, number two. Ray Powers Lake is three. Richland, the next opponent for the Lobos, is preseason number four, and they did get one first-place vote. Cavalier, five. St. John, Mayport CG, and Mohall Lansford Sherwood all receiving votes. And that is the way nine-man football went last night, and that's uh, the way high school football went here on this opening Friday night. And, of course, the uh, AA and AAA will get started next week, as uh, then Friday night is when the big schools will get started in football for high school football next week. Coming up here on the top of the hour, and want to remind you that you are listening to Super Sports Saturday here on AM 1490 KOVC, 96.3 FM, Valley City, ESPN, Jamestown, 1400 KQDJ AM and 107.1 FM. Also on the KDDR down in Oaks, and uh, of course on the 1220 KDDR and 95.9 FM, The Tornado. And so the Carrington folks not joining us today, but they'll be back with us here next week for more Super Sports Saturday. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk college football as, of course, the college football season gets started next week. And we're going to hear from first-year head coach of the University of Jamestown, Jimmy's Brian Mistro and Steve Lensmeyer, a conversation they had earlier this week. College football coming up next. You're listening to Super Sports Saturday. This is Tara from RM Stout, wishing all of our area athletes a healthy and successful season. RM Stout is your premier Ford, Lincoln, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram dealership, and we're proud to have served you and your family for the last 77 years. Whether you're in the market for your very first vehicle or are ready to work with us again, we truly appreciate every opportunity to earn your business. See us at the junction of I-94 and Highway 281 South. Call us at 252-2270 or see us online at stoutcars.com. RM Stout for the best value since 1941. Hello from Husqvarna. Sure, you want our mighty outdoor power equipment, but you're embarrassed our rugged dealers like Sven or Bob will know you can't pronounce Husqvarna, the name that means craftsmanship all over the world. So I teach you now how to say Husqvarna. You say husk like corn and varn like varnish without the ish and na. Like na, I don't want any other stinking chainsaw or trimmer or more. I want the best in the world. I want Husqvarna. Husqvarna. Tough name, tough equipment. Your local Husqvarna dealer is SNS Auto Electric of Valley City. 
Before you can start building business, you have to build a business, you know, a building, a storefront, a facility, new or addition. Problem is, you're too busy taking care of business, you don't have time to meet with a planner, a contractor, and all the suppliers. But if you wait any longer, you're going to start losing business. Well, have you heard about Hillroot Construction? They're in the business of building business. Literally, quality commercial construction saves you time, stress, and money so that you can get on with your business. Visit hillrootconstruction.com or call 253-8310 to get the ball rolling. Check out the new daily specials at Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, your locally owned pharmacy. Every Monday is Memory Mondays, 20% off scrapbooking and picture frames. Tuesday is two for Tuesday, buy one, get one free on all Health Mart products. Wednesday is Whimsical Wednesday, 20% off home decor. Thursday is Toy Thursday, 20% off all toys. Friday is Fabric Friday, 20% off all crafts. And Saturday is Serious Saving Saturday with a discount drawing at time of purchase. Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, downtown Valley City, Health Mart, caring for you and a about you. Paul McDonald back with you on Super Sports Saturday. And coming up on the program, we still have uh, on the way, we're going to be talking volleyball. Valley City High School Highliner Volleyball. We'll have uh, Coach Matty Cruff will be joining us. Sarah Hageley, the head coach of the Jamestown Blue Jays. And Sherry Christensen, the head volleyball coach with the Oaks Tornadoes. And Karen Holen, the new head coach at Lamore Litchville Marion, as we'll be talking volleyball as well coming up here in this next half hour. And uh, also coming up a little later on on the program, and in our final segment later on today, we're going to be talking youth hockey, more specifically Valley City youth hockey, and some renovations going on over at the arena here in Valley City. We talked with Jason Manlove. He is the president of the Valley City Viper Hockey Board, and we'll have that coming up in our final segment here on Super Sports Saturday. Taking up till 10 o'clock this morning, Hoofbeat's coming up at 10 o'clock, and then Viking football at 11 o'clock with a pregame 12 noon kickoff with the Vikings and the Cardinals in preseason action later on this morning, and of course the Twins and the Detroit Tigers coming up later on tonight. But of course, next Thursday, it is the big one. The University of Jamestown, Valley City State, the paint bucket game, but also Egg Bowl two this year. As the two uh, longtime rivals kick off the college football season, I think it's probably the first college football game in the country. And uh, that'll be going on next week, 7 o'clock kickoff from Lockin Stadium, Shelley Ellig Field, and the pregame show, 6.30 on ESPN Jamestown, and 6 o'clock here on KOVC with Ag Bowl 2, and an extended pregame on KOVC. And uh, Carl Sorby will be joining me in the press box for the uh, Viking coverage. Steve Lensmeyer and uh, Kyle Blumenshine will have the call on ESPN Jamestown. And uh, speaking of ESPN's voice of the Jimmies, uh, Steve Lensmeyer, he had a chance to talk with uh, now the new first-year head coach, getting ready for his first head coaching game of the Jimmies, Brian Mistro. The uh, new head coach, the first-year head coach of the Jimmies, Brian Mistro, joins us right now. Coach, how are we doing? As always, man, living the dream. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good. I don't mean to throw uh, Coach Horan under the bus here, but uh, you did tell me this summer at one point that you weren't going to be cookie-cutter on the radio interviews like Coach Horan. You know, I've been giving him heck about it for so long when I was there that 
hey, why do you always just give the coach speak answers? Why don't you give the people what they want? And so uh, if you're challenging me, I'm going to give it to you. I think we're going to be ready to roll. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to challenge you this year and see, uh, <laughs> and see what we get out of you. But uh, obviously uh, fall camp well underway, getting set to wrap up and get into uh, pre-game uh, week practice uh, coming up uh, this weekend as you get ready for uh, Valley City State on Thursday. Um, what has been your impressions of the first couple of weeks uh, leading this team? Uh, from the spring when I started uh, with our first practices, one of the big things that I noticed and that I wanted to make sure we started getting more about as a team was being being better teammates and, and becoming more of a team as opposed to a bunch of individuals that are playing the same game. And so in the spring, you started to see sprinkles of it. This fall camp, you know, the guys, when you have so much time with the guys and, and you're being able to talk to them on a daily basis as a team in a team setting, you know, we, we've been preaching it, be a good teammate. We've had speakers come in. Um, I had Coach Etzel come in. I had Greg Steeman come in, who was a basketball coach in Marshall at Southwest. Um, I've had alums come in, Clint Boom and Dale Ackland. And they all say the same message. Guys, great teams have great teammates. And so it's awesome for those guys to hear something from other people and not just hear from the coaching staff. And so now you're starting to see that in fall camp. We're being better teammates. And I think what really helps that is that you're hearing a consistent message from everybody about it. And it's you're not maliciously trying to hurt your teammate. You're trying to make them better. And because we are doing that now and on a more consistent basis, our guys are getting better because they're becoming better teammates. They're working their tails off. You know, one-on-ones, wide receivers, DVs, like, yes, they want to win that drill. Because they're going so hard, those guys are getting better every single time they do it, but it's not in malicious intent. They're trying to win so they can get better, but they're trying to get you better too. And just little things like that for me are, are going a long way within our team. And, you know, we're getting dinged up right now. It's the second week of fall camp and with some two-a-day stuff. Um, so we're going to tone it back a little bit. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, we're a better team now because we're better teammates now. The one thing in our short conversation before we jumped on the air here that I kind of uh, was, was green-lighted to a little bit was the fact that you kept talking about how some of these guys have evolved into leaders. You mentioned Ross Munson. You mentioned Jordan Mann. You've got some guys now that have been in the program for a handful of years and really have taken that next step as, as leaders, it seems. Yeah, and, you, and you know, we talked about Ross and Jordan. And to be honest with you, a big part of that, they were here this summer. And, and when you're a part of this for the whole year and not just going home, you know, when May hits, you be, you naturally become a leader, I think. And our guys have been doing a great job, and those guys especially, about picking the other guys up and, and talking in a way that is a positive way and, and not always a negative connotation about, you know, there's two ways to skin a cat, right? Or a million ways to skin a cat, but as far as I'm concerned, being a positive influence on somebody else that's playing on a team with you is only going to help them. And Jordan and Ross have been a rock star about it this year uh, so far in fall camp. And to be honest with you, it's those are two guys that I'm going to lean on heavily as a coach and say, hey, we need to get the guys going. I can only say so much. You guys have to do it now. Well, I got to know Jordan uh, this summer uh, quite a bit, and uh, he and I had a lot of chats about this coming year. And you know, he's the first to acknowledge that he hasn't maybe played to his standards week in and week out. There's been a little bit of a, you know, a roller coaster to it. But when he does play well, he's, I, th- I mean, I think he's a very, very capable starting quarterback in this in this conference. What are you looking for to, for him this year? I watched all the film and, and getting to know Jordan more personally. You know, he would say the same thing if he was sitting right here. He wants to be more consistent and not in a way that. You know, 
is a game manager or anything like that. He wants to be the guy. He wants to consistently be good at his craft, and he's taken the steps to do that this fall camp, this summer, this fall camp. He's a guy that I know for a fact. He's a competitor at heart, and he's a guy that wants to win, but he's also a guy that wants to make his teammates better, and he is going to take those steps because his mature, maturation, I guess you could say, from what I even saw in the spring to now is it's it's just a fresh, a fresh breath of air because he is owning it. He is the guy, and he's going to be the guy until someone takes it from him or he loses it. And I think that's a positive stuff to have on your shoulders. That's a good brick to have on your shoulder. How has the uh, battle for the number two spot behind him gone? You know, uh, Kay Torgerson's been a guy that uh, has been – in our program as well, and he's obviously a baseball player for Coach Hager and <laughs> throws some gas from the bump. But from a knowledge standpoint, athletic standpoint, you know, Cade's kind of been the guy right now that's going to be backing up um, on Jordan. And to be honest with you, he's competing every day. He's making Jordan better every day, and Jordan's making him better every day. And right now with just the, the, the confidence that Jordan has in what we're doing and the way that he's been playing. You know, Kate is the solid two backup. There's no question about it. But there's no question in my mind that if Jordan has a shoelace that breaks, Kate can come in and step in and do, and do just as great of a job because he's being led by a guy that's doing it. And I think that's awesome. Ryan Mistros, our guest. He's the head football coach at the University of Jamestown. They get ready to play Valley City State in week one of the season, a Thursday night opener at Lockin Stadium. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's talk now a little bit about uh, about some of these other guys that you've got on your team. And, and I was at practice last week, and, and I told you this off the air, that I really thought the wide receivers jumped off the page. I saw it firsthand last year as their maturation, game in and game out. They just got better and better, and I thought they looked really, really good in practice. You know, it's funny now because uh, with Coach Model resigning and promoting Coach Clancy, uh, we hired Gerardo Magana, who's the tight ends and fullbacks coach for us, and so now I'm coaching the DBs. And so it – it pains me to say this, but man, I, when our wide receivers are kicking our butts, it's it's kind of a ah oh, yeah, you guys are doing a great job, and holy cow, guys, you need to get better. But no, with Marcus and Garrett and Barry, those guys are, have really just taken the next step. Because like in anything that you do, they played as freshmen. Now you have a year under your belt of playing college football against men. Let's be real, you're not in high school anymore. You're playing against men. And now with that whole year of experience and coming in to this year, there's nothing that you can put on your plate that's as good as experience. And those guys having a full year of experience and being healthy and doing the things that they need to do to perfect their craft, it's been fun to watch and fall. And I'm a big fan of what they're doing and the, the attitudes that they've had and the positive energy that they're bringing to practice because not only are they really taking the next step, but those, some of those dudes are our hardest workers. And I think that's a really a big testament of their maturation from being freshmen to now being sophomores and saying, hey, this is how we do things, guys. Yes, we're sophomores, and but holy cow, this is this is how we're going to get better. And so hopefully those guys, the younger guys, are falling in line. And, you know, I'll throw another name in there, Noah Sloka, who's an upperclassman that's going to be a guy that, you know, we're going to rely on too. He's he's really a, become a leader. He's the older guy. So he's become a leader in that sense. And, and obviously somebody that works his tail off, and he's a Garrison, North Dakota guy, and um, also all, amazing to have in our program. But our core group of wide receivers have been, I've been a pleasure to see. Let's talk about the offensive line now because you do lose a couple uh, guys on the uh, as the tackles that were were anchors of that offensive line the last couple of years. What have you guys done this fall to uh, to replace those guys? 
there's been a lot of uh, rotation, and we want to see who can do it. And when when you talk about O line, those guys as a group in general are they're boys, right? You know, they're going to be. They're the close. There's sometimes, most of the time, I should say, they're the closest new group on the team. And so, when you have a bunch of guys that are with each other all the time, and you have Coach Selena in your meeting room, and to be honest with you, I, I'm a big fan of what is going on within that group. You know, Coach Selena can can tell you all about the X's and O's part of it, but a lot of mixing and matching and things that we're needing to do to see who the best five are when we get in to the game on Thursday, next Thursday. Um, that's what's going to come to the table. But I've liked what I've seen. There's some guys that need to take. Some strides. There's some guys that uh, you know need to pull their head out a little bit, and, and I think earn the job. Just go and take it. And when you replace Drew, and when you replace replace Anthony, I mean those are big shoes. You don't replace them. You just you do what you need to do to get better at where you're at. When you've got uh, Carter Hengslaven starting at center, I believe. You know that's another thing. Carter's the guy that we've looked at at multiple positions. We've had him at tackle. We've had him at center. Um, it, it, for us, it's still going to come down to. You know, who's ready to go and who's being able to put that piece, that puzzle together on the O-line. So when we get there on Thursday, they're all clicking. So, you know, as far as I know right now, yours guess is as good as mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Now, arguably, I'd say the the strongest position that you guys have on your team is probably running back. You've got a, a handful of guys that you can count on. Uh, to tilt the rock, and we'll see three or four of them in rotation throughout the season. Talk about those guys a little bit. You know, I'll just go um, and start off with, you know, Alan Jevning's been a guy that I, that's, I've connected with a little bit more. Uh, he was here all summer and a guy that you know, I've seen and have known. I think we, re- we tried to recruit him when I was at my other school. So he's a guy that uh, he's looked really good. He got dinged up a little bit at the very beginning of camp. Uh, Jimmy Hatch is also a guy that got um, looked really good first few few practices at camp, and now he's he's nursing a little bit. Um, Josiah Cage is another guy that is also um, somebody that's gotten carries for us, and he's looked had a really great spring, and then has also you know had a little bit of an issue at the beginning of camp, and now he's turning it on towards the end of camp. And our one steady Eddie that's been there the whole time and hasn't been dinged up is Tanner Matherin from Edgeley. And I'll tell you what, if I was playing again and he got through the line, and, and I'm playing safety and he's running, I don't want to tackle that kid. Like, he's a guy that's uh, he's a bulldozer man, and, and so, like you said, there's there, if, if you could put all of them into one body, we'd have the greatest running back ever. Uh, and I think part of what we do well on offense is going to be making sure that we're putting those guys in the best position to make plays, and we have a good group of guys that can do that. Brian Mistro is our guest, head football coach at the University of Jamestown. His team getting ready to take on Valley City State. Uh, we flip over the defensive side a little bit. You've been coaching uh, the DBs, what have you seen from this crew? You know, there's some there's some guys out there that are getting used to me. And part of, you know, they were here in the spring when Coach Model was here. And so now when we made the transition to me being the defensive backs coach, then, you know, they're still learning how to be coached by somebody else. And I don't, th- I don't care who it is or who it was or, you know, they could be clones of the same person. They're, they're still different little intricacies that we're going to be doing that when I'm coaching a guy, you know, frankly, I don't care what, anybody else coached you on. I don't care what your high school coach taught you. I don't care what your previous coach taught you. I'm going to coach you the way that I think is going to put you in the best position to make plays. And so the guys that have been receptive to that, they're doing great. You know, we talked about Ross a little bit already. Ross is going to be a general back there, getting guys lined up and making sure that he's a positive influence. Um, another guy that's uh, a senior this year, TJ Melk, has is, is stepped into being our, our strong safety role. And he's been, you know, he's been a guy that I didn't, wasn't 100% sure how he was going to take it. He's a science guy, and not in the sense of biology or, you know, uh, 
like chemistry, but he's like, I need answers to your questions. I'm an art guy. Like, hey, well, what if he does this, coach? What's our rule for that? Well, we don't have a necessary exact rule for that. If he does this, make your adjustment in your alignment, and then we'll play from there. And so he's been a guy that, hey, man, it's an art, not a science. <laughs> and, and he's the guy that's still getting used to me a little bit, but he's been very receptive and, and happy about that. And then, you know, we have a young man by the name of Troy Stewart that's uh, going to be um, back for us this year. And to be honest with you, I'm very excited about Troy playing corner and, and a guy that – you know, he's, he's been in the program a long time. He's battled some, some struggles um, getting on the field, and so I'm, I'm really excited to see him. And then, you know, with our other corner position, there's going to be a battle for some guys. You know, we got a guy named Jordan Olson, a guy named Jeremy Howtow, um, Cedric Terry. Those are guys that are battling for another spot, but I'm a big rotation guy. I, there's no way in, in my way of coaching, I think, that you can cover a 60-yard post route. That wide receiver comes off the field and gets subbed out, and then you have to go cover the next guy to run 60 yards. So I, we need to be able to rotate guys in and out and make sure that we have the best 11 on the field, and especially at DB, we're running all the time. And so I want to make sure we have the right guys out there. Front seven, uh, you get a couple returners up there, but uh, you got some new guys filling in as well. Yeah, you know, and the front seven is going to be – It'll be interesting because, like I said, when you when you have a change at the coordinator position, you know we're trying to keep things the same for our guys that have understood what's going on in the past. And Coach Clancy was here already, and so he knows the intricacies of what they were doing. And to be honest with you, the guys have been very receptive to his coaching and the way we're doing it. We're just tweaking some things and some learning habits that we need to do. Um, but a guy that you know I'll, I'm going to point out that's been having an amazing fall camp um, from an from an effort and an attitude standpoint is. Is a guy by the name of Tanner Grocott. who's a redshirt freshman that, to be honest with you, I wasn't 100% sure if he was going to be the guy or if he was going to be a guy that was going to, to take that next step. And he's been re- doing a really great job. He's the type of guy that he's going to make plays no matter what because he's going to give 100% effort every single play. Um, you know, you look at the D-line spots, and, and, and those guys are going to be a stable of, you know, we have a young man by the name of Marcelo Sanchez who's going to be a senior this year. I'm um, transferring by the name of Marco Tadia that we're still uh, um, hoping to see. He's from Italy, so we're trying to make, get him into the game a little bit more, but he's a monster. Um, and you're looking at guys, Mitchell Swartz and Alfredo Bernal, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to forget guys, so whoever's listening, I'm sorry, but we have a, a stable of guys that are going to come out there and do the right thing and, and do the job to the best of their abilities, but We've been preaching it since day one. We have to rotate. We have to be able to get other guys in the game to make sure that we're healthy and ready to go for an 11-game G-Pack season because it's the real deal, and we can't play the same guys for 11 games. Yeah, it's going to be uh, another uh, another fun season, and uh, I know you got to get to practice here, so one last question uh, before I let you go. First game under the lights at Valley City State. You played against them as a player. I know the rivalry runs deep. Your thoughts heading into this one and what it means to you as your first game as head coach. It is one of the – I've been thinking about it. and It's one of the most – it'll be a humbling experience. And not to give the coach and coach speak, right, but I've never actually thought about it in that sense of terms up until like a couple of weeks ago. Yes, this was a huge rivalry game for me when I played. Yes, this was this means everything to the alumni. This means everything to everybody that's 30 miles east of here and Jamestown itself. And so – I'm not going to sit here and lie. Yeah, it is a big deal. It's huge. And everybody is going to hang their hat on the first game of the season. It's the, the athletics in general are the, the front porch of every college, right? In my opinion, at least. And when you start off the season with a win over your opponent that is, happens to be the biggest rivalry in, in the state of North Dakota, 
I'll tell you what, like that's there's pressure there, but hey, let's take pressure on and let's go. And, and I'm I'm a big fan of the opportunity that we get to have uh, going against those guys. But yeah, you're right. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like those guys, and they don't like us. So that's gonna be a knockdown, dragout fight. You can throw records out out of the book when whenever we play. I know we're gonna be zero and zero, but the last year doesn't happen. Then the next year is not gonna work matter because when we when Valley City and Jamestown strap it up. Throw everything out the door. Everything's going to be – it's going to be a battle. And there have been far more competitive games, at least in the eight years I've been here, that have happened in Valley City than have happened in Jamestown. We have been on the wrong side of some beatdowns at home, but it seems like we go there, and no matter what, it's just a – it's a knockdown, dragout, defensive struggle. It's football, baby. That's what it is. <laughs> and those guys have been doing it a long time. Coach Mack and Coach Horner over at Valley are, you know, they're awesome people. And, I, you know, I'll never have a bad word to say about them. But as far as the rivalry itself and respecting the people before us that have gone through this, yeah, it's it's going to be a brawl. And, you know, hopefully we're on the, the better end of some of these uh, as we get going into the um, our coaching staff's tenure now. Like, I'll tell you what. I get goosebumps talking about it like because it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting for everybody. Everybody should come out, check it out, and uh, you know, hopefully the gym's put on a good product for us. Well, it'll be standing room only around the fence Thursday night in Valley City. I can promise you that. Coach, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, let's go. That is Coach Brian Mistro from the University of Jamestown, Jimmy's, and Steve Lensmeyer. Again, that paint bucket game, Ag Bowl 2, Thursday night. From Lockin Stadium and Shelley at Lake Field, 7 o'clock kickoff. Pre-game here on KOBC beginning at 6 o'clock. Pre-game on ESPN Jamestown at 6.30. And another programming reminder for KOBC fans, our first cat, Coach Mack show will be Monday night at 5.30. As we'll hear from the coach and uh, talk about how the uh, fall camp is gone and getting ready for that paint bucket game with the University of Jamestown on Thursday, the 29th. And that will be coming up here on Monday night, 5.30, the Coach Mac Show here on KOVC. Well, we're going to switch gears now, and we're going to head into volleyball and talk about high school volleyball. They have yet to start playing games, but they have been practicing for a week. And coming up... We'll talk with Coach Matty Cruft from the Valley City Highliner. Sarah Hagley, the head coach of the Jamestown Blue Jays. Sherry Christensen, the Oaks High School volleyball coach. And Karen Holan, the head coach at Lemoore Litchville Marion. That's all on the way on Super Sports Saturday, so stick around. We'll be back with high school volleyball after this. Paying your energy bill the old-fashioned way takes a lot of steps, including all those steps to the mailbox. ePay from Ottertail Power Company is an easier way to manage your account anytime, anywhere, even from your mobile phone. It's free. It's easy. Take the first step. Enroll at otpco.com slash ePay. Ottertail Power Company. On for you. Paul McDonald back with you on Super Sports Saturday on KDDR, ESPN Jamestown, and here on the KOVC 1490. The voice of the Valley. Well, we're going to talk high school volleyball. And I had a chance to sit down with head coach Matty Krupp from the Valley City Highliners as they are getting ready for their first uh, action coming up later on this week as uh, most of the teams are going to be in Bismarck as they'll have the East-West crossover volleyball coming up next weekend on Friday and Saturday. 
And then the first matches uh, will begin on Tuesday, September 3rd. And the Highlanders' first match, uh, they will be on the road at Grand Forks Red River. And I chatted with Coach Cruff at uh, practice here earlier this week. As we get ready for the high school volleyball season, it's right around the corner. Practice has been going on for about a week. And right now, we are chatting with Maddie Krupp. She's the head volleyball coach for the Valley City Highliners. And Maddie, in a week here, you've been uh, just about a full week of practice. How's the week uh, gone for uh, Highliner Volleyball? The week has been great. Um, lots of energy, lots of excitement. Um, girls have just been putting in the hours and the time and a definite amount of effort. So. Returners, uh, who are some of the players that are returning for the Highlanders this year? We got Macy Olsted, Kelly Hogerson, uh, Natalie Lemnis, Lindsay Nesky, Allison Mathias. Um, those are our seniors that are returning. Um, we have Peyton Peterson, um, sophomore for us, and a lot of, you know, a few others. And um, we're just looking forward to a really, you know, great opening. So. And with those seniors, are they really going to have to help a lot of the younger players that are moving up from JV to varsity and kind of getting used to things? You know what? These girls have done a really excellent job this year of taking charge and not only wanting to leave a legacy of how they play, but how they treat people. You know, they really want to be um, open and role models to the younger girls and help them because they realize that it takes all of us to make this program work. Well, how about expectations that maybe either you as a coaching staff set or the girls set goals? Uh, how about that kind of uh, thought process? My number one goal for our program is that we want to have really great citizens come out of our program, great people, okay, um, with high standards and, and just good all-around characteristics. But on the court, we definitely want to get back to states. That's the goal. Okay. <laughs> goal number one. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, now, the first, uh, you have a tournament coming up here next weekend in Bismarck. What kind of things do you want to get out of that tournament? You know, we just want to kind of see how the flow goes and really get experience um, and you know, get some of the two of our younger girls out and get them some experience too and just really kind of see what works for us. I know some of the younger girls uh, have played J.O. And, and maybe got to play over the summer, but varsity volleyball and J.D. volleyball are kind of a different feat, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. You know, it, it is. Um, but my, my assistant coach, Vanessa, does a really good job of getting them ready and prepared to come up to that next season. And they practice with us all the time, so we definitely put a challenge to them um, to prep them for varsity. All right, what's coming up as after you get done with that tournament and you get into the, into the season, uh, what's on the horizon after Labor Day? Yep. We're looking, we're away at uh, Red River, and then our home opener home opener is uh, Thursday uh, against Central. It's right around the corner. It's going to be, uh, it's, are they excited though? The girls are just ready to get after it here? They really are. I mean, we've got our kind of season plan here, but they just want to get after it. They want to go all out all the time, um, and they just really want to have fun. You can tell they're just smiling as they walk by the office and see you get, getting interviewed. Well, as long as he knows what's going on. Maddie, I appreciate you talking with us and I look forward to talking during the season. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate it. That is Coach Matty Kruff from the Valley City Highliners. And again, they will open up, as will most of the teams uh, in uh, Class A, next Friday and Saturday, the Bismarck Public Schools Volleyball Crossover. And uh, Valley City will be part of that. And again, their uh, first uh, dual meet in the East Region, the first matchup, will be at Grand Forks Red River on Tuesday, September 3rd. Their home opener will be against Grand Forks Central on Thursday, September 5th. And we'll have that game for you on KOVC. We'll call your Southwest, Jamestown. They were a state tournament uh, participant in volleyball last year. And Steve Linsmeyer chatted with the Blue Jay head coach, Sarah Hegerly. 
during the uh, the hoopla of between practices, Sarah Hegley forgot that she was supposed to come and chat with me today, but she's here now. I like that you use the word hoopla because that's a good word to describe what's been going on in our gym this week. Yeah. Well, you guys uh, have a lot going on uh, as the uh, first week of practice uh, started on Monday. A little bit of a, of a later start this year than normal, isn't it? Yeah. It's To be honest, it's been a little frustrating. We don't, just, we don't control the schedule, but the state of North Dakota, I guess it goes back to the media or the Class B basketball. I've heard two different stories about when we start our season, so... Yeah, it kind of stinks to start the beginning of our season the first week of school, so we have less time with our kids in the gym. A longer summer, which was okay with me, and a lot of our kids also were were grateful for a little more of a break. Um, but it affects our coaching staff. They are in the they have to go to in service or practices have been a little bit makeshift here and there. And then of course they're using our gym for meetings, and so mm-hmm. then we're getting kicked out of our gym, which I understand. We only have so much space, but that also makes things very difficult. So we've been at, um, practicing at the Newman, which, nice. you know, I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah. That has been a great experience for our kids. So we've been over there, and we switched our times around a little bit, so it's been a little bit of a challenge, and the hoopla that we described earlier is part of the reason I am uh, forgot about you. <laughs> That's okay. I, I will forgive you okay, this time. Okay, thank you. Uh, the season runs, obviously, starting late, so it runs until, like, the uh, second to last week in November, like you're going deep into November this year. Yeah, really deep. And everybody kind of makes jokes about how long our season is. And it seems long because we start when it's really warm and we end when it's bitterly cold. So the season does seem long. Um, I do think I do think they could probably shave a week or two off the high school volleyball season in North Dakota because you guys do have some weeks where you only play like one match in ten days. Yeah, but I don't. I think we're in the minority of people that think really? that because a lot of the high school coaches they think that they don't have enough games, and I I think our season we could do that as well. Or yeah, you could throw in some more games too. Yeah. You could allow you guys yeah. to play a few more matches. At the end of the year, we do have a lot of practices. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I I try not to get too wrapped up in the things I can't control, which is the schedule. And I know, I think people think coaches decide the schedule of the year, but we really don't. We just do what the people in the state of North Dakota tell us to do and try to have a good attitude (laughs) about it. (laughs) Well, let's uh, let's talk about your team. Uh, Obviously, you lose a couple of uh, key seniors from last year, Courtney Peterson, Abby Kallenbach among them. Uh, But uh, you guys bring back a a pretty good nucleus of uh, players that have some big match experience. Oh, absolutely. I'm, you know, I... I hate to talk about the seniors that we've uh, graduated because they do leave a void, no matter if they were big players for us or not. Uh, we've had a couple visiting us this week before they head off to college, and that's nice to know that they felt this program meant something to them. They want to come and say goodbye. Um, but again, we do return a lot of players that have spent a great deal of time getting better in the off season. Not only just in volleyball, but other sports. A lot of our kids are multi-sport athletes, which I love to see them competing and doing other things. So... Yeah, it's exciting. We, we're we really looking forward to what this team can do this year. Well, last year was a little bit, uh, the story was sort of inconsistency. There was a little, there was some, some ups and downs, but when you got to the end of the season, especially in that last match against Legacy at the West Region Tournament, that was the best match you guys played all season. Yep. And that just showed what this team can be when they're clicking. Yep, exactly. And I think that's a great way to end the season. I I've coached a lot of years, and I have not ever really put together a team that has gradually gotten better, that much better by the end of the season. I've always felt that was a fault of mine. I don't know if I lose momentum or what it is, but I really felt like last year's group continuously got better. 
And towards the end of the season, even at the state tournament, even though we lost every match we played there, um, I felt we were playing our best volleyball at the end of the year. And walking into the gym now in August, I see the same intensity, and I feel like we left off, or we're starting off where we left off last year. Sarah Hagerly is our guest. She's the head volleyball coach of the Jamestown Blue Jays. And uh, you guys uh, bring, we talked about bringing back so many uh, athletes that have, have played big um, big matches for you guys. It's Let's start up front. Let's uh, let's talk about that front line. Well, we, we have some big, we have some tall kids uh, that are in our gym right now. Tall for us, I guess, and not tall compared to other schools. But we have, you know, Ella Rolton is one of our big hitters t- returning. She's playing really well right now. Um, and if I forget someone, it's it's just been a long week already. Uh, of course, we have Jesse Anderson. She's returning as outside hitter, and she's jumping out of the gym right now. She's jumping higher than I've ever seen her jump and just pounding the ball, which is really exciting. Uh, Grace Hegerly, she's um, she got good genes, I guess. I don't know. She, she's been playing really well and, and hitting the ball very, very well. So that's exciting, too. Um, those are our returning hitters. You know, of course, we have our setter back, which is a huge um, position for us to return. She's playing well, Cameron Selvig. So that's exciting. Then we add, we add some, we sprinkle some new kids in there with our returning hitters. Then we have quite an offense. Yeah. What, uh, what, uh, what's going to be the strength of this team this year? I think the strength in Blue Jay volleyball has always been that we, you know, we're like a family. We play together in the spring. You know, we don't we don't go to different clubs around the state and play with different kids. We play together. We train together in the summer. Um, I always think that. I mean, I look back to 2013 and I look at that team, and we we had a couple really, you know, solid superstar type players, but we just had a good team. A lot of kids that just filled their role the way they were supposed to, and I think this team will do the same thing. How about the back row this year? Well, we return a lot of our back row kids as well. I mean, we have we have seven seniors, and um, I think five of them are DSs almost. But no, they're not. There's I think we have three DSs that are seniors. So Jesse Paulson, she started for us in the back row last year, and she'll return this year and do. Uh, she's even playing better than she was last year, which is a good thing. And then of course Rachel Sheely, she's only a junior, and she'll she'll be filling a role of the back row. And then we uh, we bring in Addie Dowdy, who's spent some time on the varsity last year, very little time, but she's. She's picking it up big time in the back row, and she's looking really, really good right now. And uh, add in Alex Nihill and Rachel Woodley and Courtney Mack to the back row if those are seniors. Uh, we have quite a, a strong back row. You mentioned for a second uh, your setter, Cameron Selvig's back. What does she bring to the floor for you guys? Oh, absolutely maturity, experience. I mean, she's been solid for us and for years, but this year she looks a lot more confident, and she's not struggling to find who she is. She, I think she's... A solid personality on the court, very good teammate. Uh, she's gonna she's gonna do some good things for us this year. Well, when you look at the West, obviously there's been a, a significant injury to uh, uh, Lauren Ware. She's out for the year with uh, with a torn ACL, so that certainly opens up things in the West. Where do you feel like you guys fit in this year? Well, I felt we fit in real well before that happened. To be honest, um, I that is terrible news. You know, we were all shocked to hear that. And, you know, you don't wish that on any player. And that certainly I feel terrible for her and her family. Um, but I think it opens it up a little more for the rest of the state, North Dakota. She was, I mean, she could have, she held her own. And she made a big difference for her team. So, you know, we don't wish that for anybody. So it's it's makes it, it makes us more optimistic, I guess. But I really felt like we could have competed against them with her in there. This group that we have this year, 
I'm always thinking we're going to win it. So I maybe I'm crazy, but this this team with or without Lauren Ware in the front row is going to do something. Well, who do you feel are some of the other teams that'll be uh, in the running for a West Region Championship? Oh, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna think that Bismarck High. They have some some good returning players. Legacy always does something significant. Mandan graduated their entire varsity, basically, but they look solid this summer. We played them a few different times. St. Mary's, actually, you know, they, they have some good – they return almost their entire lineup. And I know their coach is a good friend of mine. He's he's pretty excited after their first couple of days of practice. So they might be in there. I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing we will be in there. I'm not guessing. I know we will be. Well, you guys will get to host the West Region Tournament That's this so year. That's so cool, yeah. Of course, last time we hosted the West Region Tournament, it led – I mean, we didn't win it, but we it led to a state championship. Yeah, we're, we're going with that. We're <laughs> we're going with that. It's so much fun to host. I mean, you get – the crowd we get, we have here in Jameson is so strong. In, and to know that we're here for West Region Tournament, I think, means a lot to our kids. They're already planning things. I mean, it's in November, and they're already looking forward to it. Yeah, it's uh, it should be fun. As I said, 2013 – Reached the West Region title game, uh, fell short to uh, St. Mary's in a five-setter, and then eventually uh, won the state championship. But um, you guys have you guys have been a factor in the West Region, obviously, since I've been here, and you've you've played in a handful of West Region championship games. Just haven't Ugh. haven't gotten over the hump no. and won it yet. No, that sticks in my mind. I think our kids. We're, we're done being the mentality where we want to just get to state. I mean, our kids want a West Region Championship. We've won the West a few different times, like you said. And a couple of years ago, we had a good opportunity to do that, and then we uh, one of our players got injured midway through the, the match. So I think this year, I think this team has a shot at bringing home a trophy. Yeah, it should I, I don't see why not, especially if they play as well as they did at the end of at the end of last year, it could be uh, another fun season. Anyone else in the state in terms of the East that you think uh, will be a major factor on the state stage? Well, I'm going to go with, you know, Davies. They have a new coach. Um, Carolyn Olson, who is a longtime coach up at Red River, has moved to Davies. And, she, you know, she brings so much wealth of knowledge with her that I think that will bring them to a different level. Um, they already were there. And West Fargo looks good. I mean, I guess I won't, we won't know. This year we are going to the Bismarck Tournament. We'll have a better look at the teams out there. Um, we're going to play Shanley right out of the gates. So that should be a good opener for us just to see where we're at right away. When is that tournament? It's a week from this Saturday, Friday, Saturday. So, so 31st maybe? Yeah, 30th and yep. 31st, right? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, you guys will play your first home match September 3rd? Yep. That's uh, against Legacy. That's our home opener and our season opener. That'll be uh, on the radio here on ESPN Jamestown. Coach, I always appreciate the time. Uh, so looking much. forward to another season. Hopefully I'll remember to talk to you next time. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, that, is, that is Sarah Hegerly. She's the head volleyball coach at Jamestown High. Thanks very much, Steve. Steve Linsmeyer with uh, Sarah Hegerly, the coach of the Blue Jays. Well, staying with the high school volleyball and, more specifically, state tournament teams, the Oaks Tornadoes. They went to the state tournament last season in volleyball, and ASAR1 had a chance to talk with Sherry Christensen, the head coach of the Tornadoes. We are now joined by Oaks Volleyball head coach Sherry Christensen as a part of our Super Sports Saturday Volleyball Preview Show. Hi, Sherry. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, coming in, you know, let's let's talk about uh, coming from last year to this year. Great season last year, obviously. You graduated yeah, 16 years. Um, you know, obviously it's a change when you graduate that many seniors and whatnot. How, you know, how is it going to impact your team both on and off the floor? 
Sure. Um, yeah, we had a, a great group of seniors, and they all filled different roles, and um, it's it's always hard to start then with a new group that has to come and fill in and just and find your new team. And so that's what we've been working a lot on this summer is just figuring out the dynamic and who's going to step up as a leader and who's going to start filling those positions. And we're starting to figure that out now that we've started practice this week. As a coach, how difficult is that to try and go through that process of figuring out, all right, so this is where this void is, who's going to step up and fill this and so on and so forth. How difficult is that for you? Well, it it just it varies from yeah. year to year. It sometimes it's it's a super easy transition, um, but sometimes like this year we've got a lot of kids that are super talented, and so they're all battling and they all bring different they all bring different strengths. And so what's going to be kind of neat is we're going to be super versatile and we're going to have lots of different options and lots of different lineups and and maybe be trying some different things at the beginning of the year. So as far as hard, um, it's always hard to fill yeah. voids, but. Um, it's a great problem to have when you've got a lot of talented kids. So first week of practice for you. Now tell me, obviously it's not going to be a, a pristine and clean week half the time, but you know, what are you looking for in your team in the first week of practice or at least the first you know, couple weeks or so? Um, something that Coach Brian says a lot to them and, and we try to get them to believe in is the scoreboard's not on right now, so you don't have to be perfect. So go, you know, play fearlessly and figure out what you can do, and and it doesn't matter if it was perfect or not. So they're just trying to try different things, and we want full effort. We want them to start building trust with each other. Um, we're going to make them uncomfortable, so they're going to have to get mentally tough, and, and the scoreboard's not on. So just get out and get after it, and let's see what happens. Yeah, and speaking of kind of, you know, bonding as a team, you guys went on a retreat, you mm-hmm. said, last week it was. Yeah. You know, tell me about that, you know, how, you know, how it's important for a team and whatnot, and tell me what you guys did, too. Sure. So something that we focus on huge um, within our volleyball program is just culture. And we have just decided as a team that our core covenants are going to be that we're going to trust each other, we're going to have full effort, we're going to be accountable to each other, and we're going to be mentally tough. And we just worked on that. We went to this retreat, took three days, um, traveled up with 22 girls, two female coaches and then coach Brian. So he got to be with all, (laughs) (laughs) he got to be with all the females, but (laughs) um, we, we were supposed to go on our ropes course on the full day, but then it rained. And so we were in the classroom a bunch, which was good. Um, But then we, you know, we had kids that were out on the blob in the lake. We were playing nine square. There was, and then they were able to go on a ropes course the day that we left. So there was zip lining and, you know, a leap of faith and this flying squirrel, just lots of stuff that helped us develop, you know, trust with each other, but then also have to look at facing their fears and overcoming stuff. So it was a really neat experience for us. It's something we try to do every year. So, and then let's 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 preview the season a little bit. I know you kind of said you don't know your lineups mm-hmm. really and whatnot. You're still plugging pieces in, being uh, two or three weeks away from the regular season starting. September third should okay. be our first game. Yeah, so still got some time and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But tell me about you know expectations from last year, a really good year and whatnot mm-hmm. coming into this year. How do you balance those expectations and you know keep them in check almost? Well, sure. We um, we sit down and. And we talk about what do we want to repeat from last year and what do we want to make sure we don't repeat from last year. And so it's a very honest conversation from the get-go. And then we just plan out and say, this is what we're going to need to do in order to achieve these goals that we've set. And so almost all the time, it's full effort, full effort, full effort. So they are committed to playing fearlessly. They've got a goal in mind and... 
um, I'm super excited to see him play because this is a pretty special group of kids. Coach Terry Christensen with the Oaks volleyball team. Thanks very much, uh, AC Sauerrein, with uh, Coach Christensen from uh, Oaks. And we'll stay down in District 5 and Region 3. As Ace also talked with Karen Holen, who is now taking over the reins for the Lamore Litchville Marion Lobos. We are now joined by head coach of the Lamore Litchville Marion Lobos volleyball team, Karen Holen. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Good, good. Good to be with you today. Yeah, we appreciate the time. And uh, so, Coach, you are back in a head coaching role after uh, uh, some time away as an assistant. Tell me about that. So you've been the assistant now for four years now, I believe you said, and now you're coming back to head coach. You know, how's that transition been for you? Um, really good. You know, being in an assistant role um, for the last four years, I know all the girls. I've been involved in the program, you know, under Coach Good, and um, there's been a lot of success there, and it, just, it was just a real great experience. And um, so I'm really excited. I'm really excited to be back into this role again. How much does it help that you have been around the program and and like you said you know the girls you know you know you know their strengths you know their weaknesses how much does that help in preparing to be a head coach for this year Well it's it's very valuable you know in that I a lot of these girls most actually all these girls I coached them as B squatters the last 4 years so I've kind of got to help develop their skill sets and and I am very familiar with their strengths and their weaknesses so I think it it will it'll greatly aid me in in being a head coach this year. And you've also you've had head coaching experience before. You said about ten years or so. And how does you know how does that first run as a head coach help you again for the second run? Yeah, well, yeah, I was head coach. I think it was back in two thousand, yeah, two thousand six or seven. I started and had four years of head coaching and. Um, you know, volleyball hasn't changed that much since then. So, um, I just think the just the familiarity of being the head coach is puts me at ease for this go round, and I'm just really excited. I've been involved in the volleyball program for a lot of years, and and I'm just really excited to be doing it again. So, in the in you know in your first week of practice, first couple of weeks of practice, obviously, you know, the other coaches I've talked to, it's. Uh, it's it's not you know it's not a clean couple of practices you know they're not pristine plenty of mistakes are happening and and I think that's to be expected but as a coach what are you looking for in your first couple of weeks of practice you know just a lot of it is assessment you know just kind of seeing what we've got um, you always miss your seniors and uh, we're just kind of assessing who we got kind of trying to develop their skills a little better putting them where they can achieve the most success you know every year is different and. You kind of got to approach it that way that what worked last year might not work as well this year. So we've been doing a lot of that this week, and um, next week we'll really hit it hard, you know, just kind of already then kind of having a vision for who we want where and what kind of what style of volleyball we want to play. So going from last year to this year in teams uh, in terms of team personnel and losing seniors and whatnot, how different does this team look compared to last year? Um, well, you know, you always miss your seniors. You just do. Um, we have really some great seniors back. Um, we have, you know, we have Ellie Heat, Ellie Holan, Allie Hebel, Riley Poto, and Rain Oberly are four lone seniors this year, and they all got valuable experience last year. And um, Ellie's been playing since her freshman year, and these girls, a lot of them, got experience on varsity their sophomore year. So, you know, we're just going to kind of, kind of focus on player development. 
these seniors, I, I know, will give us great leadership. And, uh, again, you always miss what you lose, but we feel like we really got a good foundation to build on. So let's talk about uh, District 5 a little bit. Uh, a tough district, and obviously Oaks last year uh, made you know made a, a, mm-hmm. a deep run all the way to the state championship mm-hmm. game. What uh, what do you see out of these uh, out of these teams in District Five? Oh yeah, you hit it on the head. You know, Oaks is going to be a powerhouse. They're just a great program. You know, they just they've developed their players, and they're just a great program. They now have the experience of last year making such a good run and doing so very well and representing our region and our district so well. And they, again, will be a powerhouse. I think they're the team to beat. I guess if I had to pick one team, uh, Oaks would be the team to beat in our region and our district. And and then, you're, you know, you're, Carrington's got a great program, too. I mean, he all he always brings his players to tournaments ready to play, and they always do really well. So, um our district is always, you know, just really hard to get through. Then you get to the regions and you're looking at teams like Linton. I mean, Jamie Richter runs such a great program there. And so you'll have Linton, you'll have Napoleon. And, you know, it's a, sometimes I feel like our region is almost like a mini state tournament because mm-hmm. there's just so many, so many good teams. Talking with Lamore Litchville Marion head coach Karen Holen and uh, Lamore Litchville Marion, they will get tested early on. They get Oaks at home on September 12th and uh, Carrington at home as mm-hmm. well, September 24th. Mm-hmm. Coach, thank you for taking your time and uh, good luck down the season. And hopefully, we'll uh, talk down the road as well. Thank you, Ace. Thanks for taking my call. That is uh, Karen Holen, the uh, head coach of the Lamore Litchville Marion Lobo volleyball team. Now to wrap up Super Sports Saturday, we're going to talk about youth hockey. I had a chance to talk with Jason Manlove from the Valley City Vipers Hockey Association. Back here on our Super Sports Saturday, and the calendar may say August. It's somewhat warmish outside, but it's never too early to talk hockey. And we're talking about the youth hockey in particular. And right now, standing in the middle of the uh, Valley City uh, Youth Sports Complex, uh, also the hockey arena is where we're at. As some construction going on here, some renovations. Jason Manlove joining us, uh, president of the Valley City Viper Youth Hockey Board, and. It's never truly to talk about hockey, is it, Jason? Absolutely not. We we finished up hockey the last of uh, April, took the ice off, and then we started preparing for our project that we're dealing with. So really, this year it hasn't stopped. It's been nonstop this year for us. Um, and so, yeah, we're getting prepped for a new season and looking forward to getting our ice in here as soon as our construction allows us to. Well, this construction we're talking about, uh, what are some of the renovations going on right now? Um, what we decided here as a board of, um, about a year ago was that we were looking to update our dasher boards or the rink boards. Um, the, the boards that were in the rink um, were used quite used when we got them. They, they, the association at the time had built the, or had gotten a new building, found a set of boards put in here, um, and it was just time. They're, they're, they're plywood, um, and they served their basically time, but kind of we're starting to get concerned about safety on them. Some of the plywood was starting to get soft on them, starting to rot out, and really we just were looking to get an updated uh, rink system um, that provided better safety for all of our youth, youth uh, athletes that are playing out here. 
and I think uh, maybe some of the bench area too. Uh, is that going to be worked on a little bit? Um, we a little bit. We're working on working on potentially still getting some uh, indoor heating. Um, we got a couple options that we're looking into. Um, budgeted if we can get it budgeted. Um, we're still hoping to get some heat in here for our spectators because uh, Valley City is kind of known as having the coldest rink in the state. So we want to try to try to make it a little more comfortable for our spectators. As long as it's not comfortable for the opposing team. Right. We don't care about the spectators. We're worried about the opposing team. <laughs> but you want people to come out and enjoy themselves when they come out and watch hockey out here. And of course, the Vipers of the Valley City uh, team and then the, the Jamestown Valley City Prowl. Uh, that's uh, when we get up to uh, Pee Wee, isn't it? Yep, our Pee Wee and Bantams, we're co-op with Jamestown, and so that's uh, we're known as the JVC Prowl. Um, our lower levels, our termites, mites, and squirts are all still just Valley City kids. We have a few kids that come from Barnes County North. We have a few kids coming out of Fingal um, area. So that that's kind of our, our makeup of our lower uh, three tiers of kids. Well, being a hockey guy myself and uh, watching uh, the Jameson hockey team where the Valley City kids go to play varsity uh, hockey, your youth program is so important, having a strong youth program. You were saying uh, numbers-wise, they're doing pretty good? Yeah, we're doing really good. We've Our termites, last year we had a round uh, on our peak nights. We probably had 24 kids or so on our termite levels. And our termites, really we don't have a bottom age. Um, our youngest kids that have started playing hockey, some of them started skating shortly after they started walking. We've had two-year-olds out here. Um, last year, I believe our youngest started off was two and a half, turned three during the season. We had two other players that were three and a half, turned four during the season. And really, it's it's so great to get those little ones out there because they, they just, those are the kids that they develop and you watch them grow. And just from the, the, the termite level in general, is watching them progress from most of them can't skate when they come out here their first year and you know that's one of our our big stereotypes we always hear is that kids kids my kid can't play hockey because they don't know how to skate well that doesn't really matter because that's what our termite level does i mean we teach the kids how to skate and i would say most of the time within the first two to three weeks of practice which is two nights a week so we're talking four to six times on the ice the kids go from barely being able to hang on to a chair to doing the drills with the chair to probably by about that sixth practice there's they're skating falling down but they're getting up and they're and they're learning um so we have we have about 25 this year we're hoping to be in that 30 neighborhood um i think we're going to be close to that with with what we're hearing for people that want to come out our ice might level we're in that little right around 20 to probably low 20s in that level and our sports currently are about 15 16 kids and then once we get paired up with uh, Jamestown, then our, our numbers, there's multiple levels. We have a B level and an A level in both the Peewees and Bantams. And so then those are our bigger numbers of kids again. So, you have uh, any, uh, I think we well, I know you do because we were talking about it, youth uh, tournaments and for that age level that you would have right here in Valley City. Um, yeah, we, we have an annual termite jamboree. Um, we have that scheduled for the very first weekend in February. Um, we follow up the following week. We have a termite jamboree, or uh, sorry, an ice mite jamboree. Um, so our two lower levels, we have those jamborees. We're looking to work in a squirt tournament some point this winter. We're just trying to figure out when that, when the best time is going to be to do that. Um, we have the last couple years around winter show done what we call the winter show stampede. We've done a combined termite mite jamboree. Basically, try to find some. Um, local teams that want to come play a last, you know, couple of exhibition games and stuff, and so 
it's trying to have as many jamborees and stuff and, and use it really as much as possible and get kids in here using the rink. So, well, I'm here for I've been here for two years. It's the first time I've stepped foot in it, and I know there's probably some people in Valley City that forget we have our own hockey rink right here in Valley City. Yeah, I mean, I, one of, again, one of our lower, younger kids that started last year, his, his dad was telling me he, he grew up in Valley City, lived in Valley City, and he knew we had the big building but didn't really know what we did up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, his little guy is going to be an awesome little hockey player, and he loves it. So, Well, how about uh, anybody that wants to get to know more about the Vipers and, and youth hockey in Valley City, uh, how can they find out more? Um, well, we have our we have a website. It's vcvipers.com. Um, that's where we have all of our up to up to as up to date information as we have. We also have a Facebook page uh, that we can people can follow. Um, some of the events that we do. Um, as soon as we get our ice on, we'll have some some information coming out about try hockey free. And that's really any first year skaters that kids that don't know how to skate haven't thinking about maybe trying. They can be as old as they want to be. I mean, it can be a 12-year-old that's never skated if they want to try it. Um, we have equipment here that we can put the kids in. Our coaches will go out on the ice with them and start letting them try it out. If, uh, if they don't like it, if it's not for them, the equipment gets turned in. If, if not, they stay. And I think last year, out of the kids that tried it, I think only two kids didn't finish out the year. So it, it was a good little program that we did. So we're looking forward to having that again this year. Um, internally for our own kids, if our ice, if we get our construction wrapped up and get our ice on enough time, we'll probably be doing our own internal uh, hockey camp this fall yet, and then targeting to start practice around the middle to the end of October mm-hmm. for this year, and then have the practice October and most November. Our first games will be starting around December. People forget it's not it's going to come fast, so uh, it doesn't take very long for October to get here. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, Jason, I appreciate the time. I mean, we're just scratching the surface as we uh, getting these boards up and doing the construction out here. And, and uh, again, uh, why don't you give us that website and the Facebook page again for folks that have any interest in uh, youth hockey. All right, the website is vcvipers.com, and then our Facebook page is Valley City Viper Hockey. Um, so, yeah, go check us out there. And, and if you have any information when you get to the website, um, there's our, our board, our all of our board members are listed there. Check that out. Chances are you know somebody that's on that board. If not, uh, you know, as administrator at vcvipers.com is a board email. Feel free to email us with any questions that you may have, and we will uh, get you in the know with somebody that knows something about hockey. And then come out on Wednesday nights and help put together the, the, the finish the construction if you really are good with a hammer and nails. <laughs> That's right. One other thing I want to point out here, too, uh, we offer open skate for public every Sunday night. Um, that usually runs from 6 to about 8 o'clock. Um, up here every night, There's we've got skates. Uh, we have a bunch of new adjustable skates for little kids. Um, so, I mean, our program, we're, we're just looking to get kids out of your skating and, and learning, having something fun to be able to go do in their evenings. Uh, well, being a lifer of, uh, from Minnesota, hockey is kind of important. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. We really like it out here. All right, well, that is Jason Manlove, again, the president of the Valley City Vipers Hockey Association. And that is going to wrap things up here on this week's edition of Super Sports Saturday. Again, we'll be back at our normal time, 11 o'clock next Saturday, with more football and volleyball and high school sports right here on Super Sports Saturday. Have a great weekend.